We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Another day is here and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Roto-Grinders Daily Fantasy Podcasts are presented to you by Yahoo Fantasy Sports. This week, 15, you need to be checking out Yahoo. They've got a $1 million guaranteed prize pool tournament, which also has the greatest value proposition in the history of DFS. $250,000 in guaranteed overlay in this contest. It's a $20 entry with only a 10-entry max. If you haven't signed up, make sure you go to rotogrinders.com forward slash Yahoo and use Promo code GRINDERS30 for a $30 matching deposit bonus on that first deposit. Check them out this week. It's Yahoo Daily Fantasy Sports. What's going on, guys? Welcome back to another edition of the DFS OGs podcast right here on rotogrinders.com. Back to break down everything week 15. We got Thursday games. We got Saturday games coming back into the mix course the main slate Sunday night Monday night a ton of slates here guys let me bring in my fellow OGs head chopper notorious boys how was week 14 tell me we got some good news here chop we'll save the season long talk we always do that in part two but how was DFS for week 14 yo it it went it went about as well as the the season long (laughs) stuff I mean it was uh I, these last two weeks for me uh not not good not very good at all it happens I See, the thing is, is just as a, you know, strategic standpoint, I guess you want to say, like, I I choose a lot of times to play nothing but GPPs, man. And it's all good because that's where the big money is. But my gosh, there are weeks like this past week where I would have given anything just to uh, have hedged myself a little bit and played some cash games. Because when you play nothing but GPPs and you don't have exposure to a guy who puts up a, a number like Amari Cooper, you're dead. You're done. You know, you're not making money. You're not not just making money. You're not going to return almost anything on your investment when that happens and you have zero shares of a guy like that. That's the that's the bad part about turn. The good part is when it when it goes your way, you win so much more than you would in cash games and that grinding and out and that's all good. But boy, in GPPs, when you don't have 
that 50-point guy, and, and it happens every five or six weeks a guy will go off like that. If you don't have exposure to him, you're done, and that's that's pretty much how my week went. Yeah, still close the laptop. We'll call it a day. No more reason to track the scores. I mean, it was Kelsey last week, and like I said, Amari Cooper this week with a huge game. Derek, better news for your week 14, hopefully. Uh, you know, we talk about ROI a lot in DFS, and I don't track my results as well as I should, but uh, I know my ROI from last week. Uh, mine is 99.9%. Uh, it was pretty close to my uh, – ROI for the week. It was really bad. Too much Sutton, too much Godwin. Uh, I basically hit the lock button on Samuels and Jeff Wilson, who were fine, but they didn't really do enough, and they took up those roster spots that you needed for those elite running backs. And then, like Chop said, I didn't have any Amari Cooper, uh, so him going off in that second half, my my winnings just kept dropping and dropping. So, yeah, not great for me, but I am excited for this time of year. We got the two Saturday games. I like that they don't do it until the end of the year. I wouldn't really like that all the time, but uh, it makes a nice little fun two-game slate um, on Saturdays. Yeah, and they got $1.2 million on DraftKings for the Thursday night. They got uh, $1 million just for the two-game Saturdays, and then their showdown slates uh, for each of the Saturday games as well. So we'll cover the Thursday night like we always do, showdown-based. We'll cover the two-game Saturday slate. Uh, more in that two-gamer, less focus on the showdown series there. And then we'll hit the main slate. And we're going to mix in a little Yahoo. Our friends from Yahoo guys are throwing a huge tournament, if you haven't heard yet, $1 million guaranteed with 250000 guaranteed overlay in that tournament. So $20 buy-in, everybody's limited to 10 lineups. You don't have to play 10, but 10 is the max. So should be a fun tournament. So we'll mix in a little Yahoo pricing as well, and you'll see a lot more focus on yahoo this week on roto grinder so check that out but we will hit that when we get to the main slate guys let's start as we always do thursday night this one should be fun you know all the high total games seem to be the island games this week so we'll start here kansas city the chargers two teams very much in the mix here chop so we'll go to our our slate showdown slate expert the chop man what do you got here for chargers and chiefs you know Quick and simple on the showdown slates. Uh, this is going to be – it's looking like Melvin Gordon's not going to play. I mean, he's he's questionable. Eckler is almost positively out. So, if that happens, you're going to have the most highly owned player, Justin Jackson. It's hard to get away from that. On a regular slate, I certainly would not get away from it. He'd be a lock button for me. But on a showdown slate where every single play, you know, alters the course of that – your winnings lost or winnings earned, like everything matters so much. I think you could fade it, fade him, and just hope the game script gets out of hand for him and and he can't put it together. So, as a showdown uh, showdown slate, I'm willing to fade him. If you're playing Thursday through Sunday, I'd lock in Justin Jackson, assuming Melvin Gordon's out, which you kind of think he is going to be. And uh, and I'm loading up on the passing game here. All all components are in play. I don't. I'm not going to sit here and rip off all uh, you know all the names all the components of the passing games on both sides are in play here it's Justin Jackson's the big name you have a decision to make on the showdown slate and I'm leaning towards a similar to like Leonard Fournette a couple weeks or last week 86 percent owned and he busted on the Thursday night game that could very well happen to Justin Jackson too at 86 to 90 percent owned on a showdown slate so uh, you know that's the decision you got to make I'm leaning towards fading him let me introduce the name Detrez Newsome, next man up there in that Chargers backfield, 1,600 on the showdown slate. We know they're going to utilize multiple backs, and he will be the backup to Justin Jackson. So 
I agree. Anytime a guy's going to be that highly owned, and I think he will be super owned in this in this game, especially if those two guys in front of him are out. I don't mind going new some more, like you said, hitting some of these high end passing options. Obviously, a lot of studs here, Derek. So parse through it, guys. You want to play, guys? You want to avoid? Uh, what's your sense here for Thursday night? Yeah, Jackson's a pretty obvious play if Gordon ends up sitting out. Uh, there is some air to fade in him, like you guys say, in some of those uh, big tournaments where it's basically first or nothing. Uh, but he's going to be incredibly highly owned, probably 90% plus. And uh, the higher stakes you go up, uh, he'll probably be 100, 100% owned in some of the you know $100 plus type of leagues. But I think it's a good game uh, for Rivers. If you want to end up fading Justin Jackson, you play Rivers uh, and you pair him up with some of his receivers. Uh, both the Williams uh, are in play here. Uh, since it is a showdown slate, Keenan Allen's obviously getting a ton of targets uh, ever since he complained about not getting the ball enough. So he's a strong play. And then Mahomes, I think he solidified the MVP last week with that win over Baltimore. That no-look pass uh, was incredible. I've never even seen that on a football field. Um, Spencer Ware played 69% of the snaps against Oakland, and then that dropped to 47% last week against Baltimore. Uh, We saw more uh, action from Damian Williams. Um, So I'm a little bit worried about him uh, moving forward. Then obviously you got Tyreek and Kelsey. Um, they're going to be strong plays as well. Tyreek, when uh, Watkins is out or limited, averaging over 11 targets per game compared to only seven uh, when Watkins gets a full uh, complement of snaps. So I think it's a really good spot for Tyreek, but obviously he's going to be highly on. Yeah, I mean, we'll, we'll see. It's questionable, but it sounds like he's going to play. I mean, this is, this is a big game. Like I said, both teams very much in the mix for that number one seed. So I think if he can go, he'll play. Gordon, we'll see. I'm with you on Eckler chop. I don't think there's any way that he plays. So a lot of injuries still to be decided in this one, but I think there'll be some value. I think you definitely want to leave some salary on the table when you play this slate. Tons of ways you can go, but should be a fun one. And a nice $1.2 million tournament certainly doesn't suck there uh, for Thursday. So let's move to Saturday, guys. Like I said, a $1 million tournament that's going to cover the two-game slate here, $8 buy-in on DraftKings for this one. So we'll start with the earlier game. Starts at 4.30, Derek. We got Houston and the Jets. Now, this one looks to be the the lesser of the two games. Lower total here. Two teams, tough to get too excited about. Big news here, the Jets pretty much missing every running back on their roster. So, how do we handle that? Expect any of those guys to play? Is there somewhere else we can go with the Jets? And then Houston, Watson, Hopkins, where are you going with the Texans? Yeah, both of these Saturday games are unappealing, uh, to put it kindly. Um, Both of them have low totals, but um, of the four teams, I think Deshaun Watson is the best quarterback of the bunch. Don't really want to play Darnold. Don't really want to play Baker Mayfield in Denver. And then Case Keenum just looks so bad lately. So I do think uh, Watson's going to be your best option at quarterback. He's had at least 30 rushing yards in four of his last five games. And with this being on the road, maybe it stays close, maybe airs it out a little bit. Lamar Miller, he's always going to get the work. It just comes down to whether he's going to score or not. Hopkins has had at least 13 fantasy points in every single game so far this season, which is pretty crazy considering how volatile receivers are. Uh, So he's going to be your top wide receiver uh, in the slate. And then for the Jets, like you mentioned, their backfield is just all messed up. Uh, All three of their main running backs, Crowell, McGuire, Cannon, all missed practice on Tuesday. So just going to be a wait-and-see approach for me. If two of them end up being out, then you play the third one. Um, if one of them ends up being out, if it's Crowell, then I'd probably prefer McGuire over Cannon. But probably just going to be a wait-and-see approach. And then don't really know what to do with these receivers. I, I'm having a hard time uh, you know, playing anyone from the Jets these days. So maybe you just go with Herndon uh, against Houston, who has struggled against tight ends. Yeah, I like that call. I mean, that's been a target for me all season long, tight ends against Houston. But I'm with you. It's tough to get excited 
about the Jets. You know, one week Robbie Anderson hits, you know, Kerr shows up once in a while. I heard him been pretty consistent, but not much of a ceiling there, but about as high of a ceiling maybe as anybody in the Jets. Chop, I have some nuggets here. There's not much to go off of here. I think the other game going to be more popular, but you've got to find something out of this one. Nuggets. I don't know about no nuggets here, <laughs> but uh, I would say, uh, you know, it's, I don't think it's, I don't think you have to get too cute with it. Uh, Deshaun Watson, DeAndre Hopkins are the guys I, I'd love to see QT play in this game. Cause I'd fire him up. I'm not a, I'm not going to go to Demarius Thomas. I've not, I've not played Demarius since he got traded. And I don't, I don't think I plan on playing him this year in Houston uniform. So I'd like to be able to get off of uh, the Hopkins exposure a little bit and get on QT if he plays. If not, then you just got to lock in Hopkins. Never a fan of Lamar Miller, especially not with Alfred Blue sucking up some goal line carries on him, and and you never know when Deontay Foreman's going to be active, and then that would really eat away at some of his carries. So I, I'm out on that. Not a fan of the Jets' offense in this game at all. I think Houston's a, uh, a solid defense this year. Now, I have them overrated just because – People really think they're more than they are, but they're still very good, and they're still going to make life hard on Sam Darnold. So I don't know if I could trust Darnold. Don't know. And if I can't trust a quarterback, it's tough to trust a uh, wide receiver from this team. I mean, man, he ain't getting it to the way. I like the Herndon call, and we'll see what whatever healthy running backs come out of this thing. You know, if it's a pass-catching running back, the last man standing, I'd be fine with that guy. But uh, otherwise, I'm probably – want to fade a guy like Crowell if he ends up being active, which I don't know his status right now. But, yeah, this is an unappealing game. Uh, to me, that other game is the game I'll be looking at more so on this two-game slate. All right, let's go to it then. we got Cleveland and Denver. Denver about a three-point favorite at home here. Not much bigger total than the first game, sitting at about 45-and-a-half in this one, Chop. So this is the more appealing game. This is the one everybody's going to be targeting. How can we be different than the crowd? It's a two-game slate or a showdown slate, whichever you're playing it, how do we take some different angles here with Cleveland and Denver? Oh, good one. It's, it's, that's the, that's the million-dollar question because, uh, you know, it's not hard to sit here and think Mayfield and Landry after that game and Joku has the matchup against Denver uh, and all those, you know, everybody's going to be on the same people here. You just got to find that, that one way to be different. Is it is it going Duke Johnson instead of Nick Chubb? I think that may be a route here. But then again, Chubb's been super good this year. And Denver, man, at times they've struggled against running backs. Here's the way, the way I see it is what I'm going to hitch my wagon to on this two-game slate is uh, loading up on the Cleveland passing game in every shape and form I can – possibly stack it in I want Mayfield to Landry I want another one with Mayfield to Callaway Mayfield to Higgins and Mayfield to enjoy bottom line is I think the Denver secondary in general is about to hit the skids and when we look back on this a few weeks from now we're going to say man we should have been playing passing games against Denver since the Chris Harris injury we should have been loading up on passing games and I don't want that to a pass me by before I get a piece of it so I'm loading up on Cleveland any which way I can and on the flip side Lindsay's the guy I'm gonna I want to go back to Sutton I'm super worried about there being an injury there that is holding him down because he got outperformed by two guys who should not be in his stratosphere right now I mean we heard all these great things about Sutton well Demarius left he never stepped up Emmanuel Sanders now left 
he's out with injury and sudden still didn't step up. He got outperformed by two guys who shouldn't even be around him. So I'm worried about an injury, but if he's not on an injury report and he seems to be healthy, I guess I could take a stab at sudden, but on this two game slate, four teams going, my biggest uh, amount of exposure is going to be in that Cleveland passing game. Yeah. And Sutton's intriguing. I mean, the, the other two guys you mentioned, Deshaun Hamilton saw nine targets, Tim Patrick, led the team with targets with, I believe it was 10 in that game. So, I mean, those guys are going to be more popular. I think the big thing for me is if Denzel Ward is back, I would think he would spend more time on Cortland Sutton than some of these other guys. And as of this recording, did not practice today at his Denzel Ward. So, to me, that's a situation we want to keep an eye on. And my boy Matt Lacoste, he's questionable. I hope he just doesn't play, Derek, because I keep rolling this guy out, keep thinking, okay, this is the week. I'm going to go back to the well on it. What the hell's going on with Matt Lacoste? Yeah, I mean, he's playing a lot of snaps, but uh, unfortunately he's not getting any targets. One target in back-to-back weeks. Uh, I had some of him last week as well. Uh, so I'm officially done with Matt Lacoste. But, how many air yards? How many? I, I didn't I didn't look at that. Uh, he's probably on the buy-low model. Um, but, yeah, two things to monitor with Sutton. Uh, number one, you mentioned it, the Denzel Ward injury. I do think he would probably shadow him if he's uh, active and then – if Sutton's going to be popular, I would probably rather go with uh, Patrick and Hamilton. But if Sutton's going to be lower owned than those two, um, then I don't mind going right back to Sutton in tournaments. Uh, Lindsey got back to 65% snaps last week, which was encouraging after playing under 50% snap uh, the week before. Cleveland 28th in DVOA against the run, so it's a really good matchup for him. They are a home favorite, which is always a good setup for uh, the running game. And then, yeah, I like the the calls by Chop with the Cleveland passing game. I think you can, uh, you know, fire up Mayfield with any of his pass catchers. I do think Chubb's in play. He's had 23, 31, and 17 touches over their last three wins. And uh, I stole this stat from uh, Rich Rebar, who does the Roto World show here on Roto Grinders. Since week nine, Cleveland's number one in yards per play in the NFL. They've had 14 red zone trips, and they've scored a touchdown on all 14 of them. Uh, pretty crazy uh, to think how – how uh, well they've been playing without Hugh Jackson. Uh, meanwhile, Cincinnati's 0-4 uh, since they hired him. So uh, I think there's a strong correlation there. Um, and, yeah, I, I think it's a really good spot for a Cleveland passing game with Harris out, like John mentioned. Yeah, I like that call. One guy I want to toss in the mix here. Lindsey's been great. Love me some Philip Lindsey. Royce Freeman, 3,600. You know, didn't get many carries, but did average six yards a carry. Could get around the goal line and the old – he falls into the end zone. We're loving life. So I think he could be – a sneaky guy here, maybe to steal a touchdown. The Browns, second most touchdowns allowed to the running back position. So, love Lindsey, no doubt. I'll be playing a lot of them, but I think you can go to Royce Freeman as well. All right, let's get to the main event here. And, again, we'll try to cover it from a few different angles. We'll hit on some Yahoo pricing for you. But, again, we'll have a lot of content for you on the Yahoo tournament for this week. I may even bust out a six-pack with the Yahoo for this week. But we'll talk about some pricing here as we go along. First game, guys. Green Bay and Chicago. Chicago, great performance there against the Rams. Not not much to watch now as a football fan. It was, you know, one of those struggles. But they got the job done. They shut that offense down. Now Green Bay comes to town, and they are not on the caliber of the the Rams. So 45-point total here. Derek, do the Bears just dominate this game? Five-and-a-half, six-point favorites at home. Do we go to the running backs? Do we go back to Trubisky? What's the play here for the Bears? So correct me if I'm wrong, but Green Bay's technically still alive for the playoffs, right? They are, yeah, when you look at the old in the hunt, they're like somehow, some way, they are still technically alive. Yes, it, it's a small fraction. My numbers guys out there probably have that number, but <laughs> they are still on life support, we'll say. 
And I looked at their next two games, pretty winnable games. So uh, this could be a game where, uh, you know, they kind of get up for this one. They typically pay, play the Bears pretty tough. Uh, I actually think this game's going to stay pretty competitive. We talked about Mike McCarthy being gone last week. They came out and beat the Falcons. Aaron Rodgers looked pretty good. Uh, he looked mobile, too. Uh, had 44 rushing yards. So I think the Packers show up. It's not really a game that I want to target from a DFS perspective. Uh, Chicago, very tough secondary. You can maybe take a shot on Devontae Adams in tournaments. We know Rodgers doesn't mind throwing to him even when he's covered. Uh, and then we had <laughs> Jamal Williams getting the start last game. I thought I was going to lose it uh, after that. But Jones still saw 64% of the snaps, still had 20 opportunities. So he's still the guy you want to own in this uh, backfield. But it is a tough spot for them overall. Now on the opposite side, Trubisky, three interceptions against the Rams. He kept missing uh, his receivers high, just kept overthrowing everyone. I think it's a decent bounce back spot for him. Uh, Green Bay, their defense just isn't, you know, as good on the road as they are at home. Uh, and then we have the running backs. Obviously, I prefer Cohen over Howard, but 3,900, I guess you can throw him in a, in a tournament if you want to. Uh, he could easily score a touchdown or two in this one. And then the pass catchers, there's just too many guys that they spread it around to, so I'll look elsewhere uh, when it comes to my receivers. The Bears' defense is interesting, Chop. The, the Packers' offensive line is in shambles. They were missing three starters in that last game, so I think that's something you can keep an eye on. But Rodgers has been under a ton of pressure. Now, not a guy that normally turns the ball over through the air, but you know, fumbles, things like that could be an issue. So I actually like the, the Bears' D going against the Packers here. I don't think a lot of people will look that direction, but that's of intrigue to me. Your thoughts here, Packers and Bears. Packers and Bears. Okay, uh, let me see here. Let me start off with the Bears. We'll start off with the Bears. I'm not super enthused about this game in general anyway. So, uh, But I think there's merit to Trubisky in tournaments, and I'm always going to lean towards uh, Cohen over Howard, even though Howard, I think, got the 100-yard bonus last week somehow. But I'll lean, I'm always going to lean towards Cohen. I think he's a more explosive player. And I'm not stoked about these uh, wide receivers because there's three of them, and Allen Robinson's the alpha of the three. But like, that's not even enough most weeks to get any to do anything. Trubisky's the tournament guy because he runs so well. So, you know, that's how I would treat that. Uh, Trey Burton's been a let's be honest, he's been a super big disappointment this year, and uh, I'm about done with that guy. So I don't want to. I don't want to go that route. So. I would say flipping to the other side, Green Bay is equally as bad uh, of a option. I mean, I don't want to play Aaron Rodgers in Chicago against this defense. Aaron Jones somehow got such limited looks in the first half. That has to scare you. That combined with a very difficult Bears defense doesn't instill any trust for me. So, uh I think I, the only guy I'm looking at here is Devontae Adams. If I – I would pull up the Evan Silva article and read it to you. Every week he says pretty much the same thing about the Bears defense. Uh, you attack them on the outside. You can attack the Bears on the outside. That's his article every week. So I'm going to attack them on the outside with the most matchup proof wide receiver in the game, Devontae Adams. And that's about it, man. I don't really like hardly anybody from this game. That was a pretty good Silva. I was trying to get the foosball effects in the That's background, but I couldn't bring it up in time. <laughs> See you in the streets, bro. That, that was pretty good. I like that. So, yeah, I, I mean, this is a game. I'm with you guys. There's not a ton to be excited about. Looking over at Yahoo, Tariq Cohen does look a little bit underpriced. He's sitting at $18 over there, so they're pricing 
a little bit different than, than what you're used to, DraftKings FanDuel, but he was one price that stood out to me. But this game overall, I, I'm in agreement. Again, maybe Cohen and the Bears D for me. But Green Bay, it's hard for me to get excited about. I love Adams. He gets it done week in and week out. But it's still a tough matchup, and you're paying a pretty penny for him. A little bit cheaper on DraftKings than, say, Yahoo. So maybe you look at him there. But overall, not much to get excited about. Next game, how much better here, Chop? Detroit and Buffalo. So, Oof. yeah, I mean, how, how much are tickets to this game? That's what I want to know. Man. Feels like I, would hope, I would imagine they're giving them away for free. This is pretty bad stuff. This is one of them. You come in, you shovel the stands, you get in for free deals because of this bad boy. Find me something here, but 38 total. Ooh, I'm not seeing much. Well, uh, yeah. And, and, and on top of all that, I guess we don't know the status of LaShawn McCoy for sure. Uh, so we have to wait on that one. I don't trust the receivers here. All I can say for Buffalo is that, I have found myself uh, very intrigued by Josh Allen in tournaments here these past couple of weeks. I fired him up, and I'll do so again. He's got this running upside that just don't find in quarterbacks in the NFL very much, and he brings a 100-yard bonus upside on DraftKings. So I'm down with Josh Allen in tournaments, but I think we're I think we're kind of um, in this state of DFS where you used to be told you have to pair your quarterback with a wide receiver – or your wide receiver with a quarterback. You know, it only makes sense. It's only, And I don't think with, with a lot of these guys like Trubisky or Josh Allen or some other guys, I don't think you have to do that anymore. I think you could actually play these guys by themselves and not sink your team by playing wide receivers that are just more than likely not going to go off with them because these guys get it done with their legs. So Josh Allen is my tournament guy. He will be from now until the end of the year. On the flip side, Detroit, I can't trust anybody. The only name I want to trust is Kenny Galladay, but he's going to draw the toughest coverage in that, in that secondary. Patrick Peterson locked him up. He's a very good player, Galladay is. But I don't know as the only weapon on the team drawing the toughest matchup in the secondary by a very good defender. I don't know if I want to trust him again. So I let him take his lumpings against uh, Patrick Peterson. Maybe he takes it again against Tredavious White. Maybe the price drops and I can come back with him next week. But – this week, I think I'm going to pass on this Detroit offense. Yeah, I'm with you on that one. It's just – it's an ugly game. And, and Derek, if I would have gave you odds going into the season that Josh Allen would be more expensive than Aaron Rodgers this season on DraftKings, <laughs> what, what would my odds have been on that? I mean, just uh, – Yeah, that would have been pretty good odds. Well, uh, here we sit. So, 5,800, <laughs> what are you doing with Josh Allen? It's hard not to like him. Uh, at 335 rushing yards in the last three weeks, we know Detroit has been terrible against the pass and against the run. I mean, they've been a little bit better with Snacks Harrison in there, but uh, not great. Uh, you guys mentioned the McCoy injury, and Ivory's also hurt. So uh, if they're both out, we could see Marcus Murphy get a big load, workload at 3,400. Uh, and then Isaiah McKenzie is kind of taking over as a full-time slot receiver. He has eight catches, and he got four rushes uh, last week. So I think he's interesting if you're, you know, playing the millionaire maker, looking for one of those 1% owned type of plays. Say Jones, he's getting the workload. He's had some big drops, but I like the matchup for him a little bit. And, yeah, you want to hear a hot take for the week? What you got, man? Yeah, 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 let's hear it. Bills are going to cover the over-under by themselves. Oh. Oh, hello. Josh Allen, baby. You're, you're telling me the Bills are going to score over 38 points here. Yep, they're going to score 38 exactly. And, uh, yeah, as for the Lions, complete fade for me. I agree with you guys on Kenny Galladay. He's going to draw the tougher matchup. Uh, and then Stafford, over his last four games, he scored 37 fantasy points combined. Uh, Mahomes has topped that number three times already this season. 
Uh, so no Stafford for me. Wow. I'm still reeling from your hot takes here. That, that, that's a big one. So you're loading up in that Bills offense. Being a parent can be really challenging. It's normal to feel uncertain about whether you're doing the right things to raise healthy and happy children. That's why Child and Family Resource Network focuses on connecting pregnant parents and those with kids under the age of five with free support services to help them build confidence in their parenting journey. Everyone deserves to have someone they can turn to for support with parenting. Visit childandfamilyresourcenetwork.org today. If you do want to pair them, you can. You know, Zay Jones, you brought up. I think Robert Foster, another name to not sleep on. Those guys, Foster's only $13 on Yahoo. Zay Jones is only $12. And Marcus Murphy's minimum price over there. So, Eric, I would expect a lot of Buffalo Bills lineups from you on that Yahoo tournament if they're going to score 38 points. Love the bold call, my man. Let's move on to a much better game. Tampa Bay and Baltimore here. Buccaneers hitting the road, tough road, obviously. They were winning that game handily, and then the Saints come out of nowhere and win by two touchdowns. Baltimore fought like hell in Kansas City, now coming back home. This is about as good a spot as it gets, Derek. So where does Lamar Jackson rank in your quarterback rankings this week? Yeah, I don't know. I mean, you said it's a good game, but I don't really know who I want to target here. For Tampa Bay, they're going on the road against one of the best defenses in the NFL. Baltimore's six versus the run in DVOA, fourth versus the pass. Don't really want to trust uh, turnover-prone Winston against his defense for Baltimore. It sounds like Joe Flacco is going to be back, and they're going to try to work him in somehow. Uh, so if that's the case, then I definitely don't want Lamar Jackson. But uh, if they end up uh, you know, ruling out Flacco, then I do think he becomes one of the best quarterback options on the board. As far as their backfield is concerned, it's kind of turning into a time split between uh, Gus Edwards and Kenneth Dixon, which – isn't all that great. I mean, Dixon's cheap if you want a really deep tournament flyer. And then the receivers, you just can't play them uh, with Jackson at the helm. So unless Flacco is back and, you know, throwing the ball around, then I don't really want to play any of the receivers. So it's a great spot overall, but I just don't know where to go with this one. Yeah, and Flacco, it's, I mean, they're saying he's going to have a role. I, I don't see them taking Lamar Jackson off the field. Chops away in on that. But looking at Yahoo, Lamar Jackson's about the cheapest of the good quarterbacks that I play. I mean, below him, you have Derek Carr, Mariota, Eli, Mullins. There's not much under him. So he seems to be about the, the floor of where I'm going to look at quarterbacks. So thoughts on Jackson with or without Flacco and the rest of the game, Ravens and Bucks. Yeah, I, uh, for Tampa Bay, I find it hard to uh, play any of these guys. I know it's been a great passing offense this year, but traveling on the road – in December to Baltimore. So I would imagine we're going to get some less than friendly weather for, uh, for a team that is used to the uh, Florida sunshine. You know, that's not going to be nice in Baltimore. And I'm just looking at the Baltimore defense and trying to see, you know, you know, Evans, his matchup, Godwin, his matchup, Humphreys, Bray. Like Baltimore has no weaknesses on defense per se, you know? So that's not – I can't really – I want to say, well, we can fade Evans because he's going to be locked up with Jimmy Smith. But Godwin's got just as difficult of a matchup as does Humphrey. So I can't trust anybody on Tampa's offense. So that's a pass for me. If anything, I want Baltimore's defense because Winston can get into these ruts where he just starts throwing pick after pick after pick. And so I can see that happening in this game. On the flip side over there, I'm not super stoked about Baltimore either. Lamar Jackson is a great quarterback running the ball, which is good for fantasy, but he's a terrible passer, and he's brought the whole passing game, his wide receivers down with him, so you can't trust any of those guys. 
One guy I've got my eye on in this game is Kenneth Dixon. He's only $14 over there on Yahoo. That's very, very cheap for a, a running back that yeah, I could see the, the tide shifting here. Gus Edward was, was a nice little story for two weeks, but when Kenneth Dixon was supposed to be healthy, he was supposed to be the number one back for several years. Now he just never could stay healthy. He was very good in college. We know this. We, he's got the pedigree. I think he takes over number one duties in this backfield. And I could see them putting up a – I mean, they're favored by about eight. It could be more than that. This could be a grind-out game here in the second half, and Kenneth Dixon could get a lot of work. Yeah, I love that call. I mean, cheap price, like you said, and, and half the carries of Gus Edwards pretty much put up uh, the same amount of yards and a guy that can be involved in the passing game. So Dixon, 3500 on DK. And like you mentioned, nice cheap price on Yahoo. It's Usually it's a, a backfield when there's three guys I'd avoid, but big favorites, like you said, Chop, I think you can definitely – take some shots on any of the three, but I'm with you. I think Dixon would be my favorite here as well. All right, moving right along here in part one of the DFS OGs podcast. Next game, Arizona and Atlanta chop. Arizona, I mean, big win in Green Bay, and then you go home and you lay a dud against the Lions. So how do they respond? They pick themselves off the mat here in Atlanta. Same things. They go to Lambeau, and they get destroyed. So two teams playing very uninspired football. How do we find some DFS value here in this game? Arizona is intriguing to me for two players, uh, David Johnson and Larry Fitzgerald. David Johnson because ah, he's been so bad, but, you know, he shows these signs every once in a while. And, and this is obviously a good matchup, although, like I pointed out, man, last week, like when with Deion Johnson or Deion, <laughs> Deion Jones. Jones back – it's a it's a different – it's a better defense for Atlanta. It's not as as much of a sieve, but it's still David Johnson. It's still on turf. You know, I want to play him. And Fitzgerald, Atlanta gets eaten up by slot receivers. Fitzgerald is kind of like almost the last man standing here for this, this receiving core. So, I want to fire up some old man Fitzgerald and hope he can work a little bit of magic one more time. Atlanta's pretty interesting uh, as long as we can um, – find the right matchup here for the wide receivers. I think that we can, we can find a, a tournament winner. Julio is going to be locked up on Patrick Peterson. I've seen the numbers one-on-one -on -one versus those guys. It's kind of back and forth. And, you know, most of the time I do want to fade anybody going up against Peterson, but Julio's has had some success against him, not a ton, but some success. But if you think that is a lockdown thing, and if you think Matt, Matt Ryan won't target him against Peterson, then, you know, it stands to reason one of those other guys, Ridley or Sanu, is going to get off in this game because I just don't see Tevin Coleman being the guy who carries this team to points on Sunday. I think it's going to be in the receiving receivers. So uh, I'm kind of leaning Ridley here to, to have another one of those. Like once every six or seven weeks has a big game, I think this might be that game. Yeah, really, 15 bucks on Yahoo, so nice and cheap over there. DraftKings price is appealing as well. Derek, thoughts here, Cardinals and Falcons. Yeah, make it three for three on Calvin Ridley. Really like him this week. He's averaging 16 fantasy points per game at home, only 10 on the road. We know Matt Ryan, obviously, a lot better at home. And Julio going up against Patrick Peterson. So, for a lot of reasons, I think Calvin Ridley uh, is poised for a breakout game. As far as our backfield is concerned, Tevin Coleman's been outtouched by Ito Smith uh, over the last two weeks. Ito's only 3,700 uh, if you're looking for a really cheap tournament flyer on DraftKings. And, yeah, don't really want to target Matt Ryan, but uh, he is cheaper uh, and he is playing at home. Uh, pretty beautiful defense outside of, uh, you know, Patrick, pa Patrick Peterson. So 
some interesting options on Atlanta, but I do think their defense is in play. You mentioned Deion Jones being back. It's a lot better now. They are close to double-digit favorite at, favorites at home. Uh, could force you know young Josh Rosen into some turnovers. And then, yeah, for Arizona, you just want to target David Johnson. Uh, it's hard not to like him in this spot. Last week he got 15 carries and 10 targets. We know – We've basically just been streaming uh, running backs against Atlanta over the last couple of years. Uh, they're ranked dead last in fantasy points allowed to the position. So if this game is going to stay close, it's likely going to be on a big game from David Johnson. All right, let's move on. Speaking of running backs and teams that are not good against running backs, we have Oakland and Cincinnati. I did a show earlier with Eric Crane, and we were talking about this game. This is one of those, if they gave you free tickets, are you going to the game? Yes or no? No, no way. <laughs> That's what I said. He's like, well, what price would it, would it have to be for you to go? And I said free. And then Big T, our boy, chimes in on Twitter, telling me he's got tickets for the game, invite me down, field passes. And I'm like, <laughs> man, I love some Big T, but I still can't do it. It's Oakland, Cincinnati. So, Derek, let, let's break this one down. No, I, I do think there are some plays here. I, I really like Joe Mixon a lot this week, 6,100 on DraftKings, a little expensive on Yahoo, but I think he's a guy you can play. And remember last week when we broke news that C.J. Anderson had signed with the Raiders? Well, here we are one week later. C.J. Anderson has been released by the <laughs> Oakland Raiders. So C.J.'s trails continue. But I think Doug Martin is intriguing here as well. 16 carries last week, only 4,700 on DK. So Derek, thoughts here, Raiders and Bengals. For the Raiders, I just have a hard time trusting them uh, in general, let alone on the road. I know Cincinnati's been – one of the worst defenses ever uh, in the history of the NFL, but I just don't trust anyone from Oakland. You know, they're coming off of that win against Pittsburgh. I'm not really sure they wanted to win that game, but uh, yeah, that was just a weird game in general with Big Ben getting hurt and then you know, getting the x-ray and who knows what happened after that. But anyway, for Cincinnati, got to love Joe Mixon in this spot. Should see 20 plus touches uh, in a very beatable matchup. We know we like uh, home favorites when it comes to running backs. So Mixon's probably going to be the guy that I go to here. And, you know, maybe look at Tyler Boyd in tournaments. He hasn't been getting a huge workload recently, uh, but he's cheap. You know, before, over the last few weeks, we've been paying 6 7K for him on DraftKings. He's only 5700 now. So those would be the two that I would target. And for Oakland, you maybe take a shot on Jared Cook, but I think a lot of people will go that route after he posted back-to-back 100-yard games. And the thing we've learned with Jared Cook over the years is when we expect him to play well, that's when he does not show up. All right, Chop, your boy Big T is going to be on the sidelines here in this game. we got to give him something to play here, man, something to go off for DFS purposes. What do you got, Raiders and Bengals? Oh, this is easy. This one's an easy one. First off, Oakland is uh, – yeah, I think they can be faded. I don't know. I mean, I'm not going to – you know, if I do a, a bunch of lineups for some reason, I'm working the, the lineup builder this weekend, and I don't think I will be. But if I was, you know, I'd keep – I'd keep Doug Martin and maybe Marcel Aitman in the pool at 5%, you know, that's it. But otherwise I don't like Oakland. I just, I don't know if I can go there, but uh, Cincinnati, they got, they got probably my, one of my favorite, at least one of my top three running backs this week, Joe Mixon for sure. 26 carries last week against the Chargers. This game sets up for a Cincinnati win, at least be a Cincinnati team that's going to be leading for most of this game, I would imagine. And it just sets up well for Mixon, man. He's He's got all this talent, and they're giving him some opportunity. And so I'll play Mixon. And uh, Tyler Boyd's also in a pretty good spot here. And 
I would expect him to be the guy they go to in the passing game. I just – I think Cincinnati can beat these guys from, from the very first quarter on, and I think Mixon's going to get a lot of carries. So, I'm all over Mixon. And, and by the way, not only Oakland, Cincinnati, but you could give me free tickets to just about any game on this slate, and I probably would <laughs> d- turn them down because, obviously, it's such a much better experience watching the stuff at home anymore uh, these days. So, I couldn't imagine going to a football. It'd have to be a really special game to go. I've turned down Super Bowl stuff before. That's how how much I I don't like to fight with the crowds, and I would much rather watch it on TV at home. So definitely not for just a run-of-the-mill Week 15 game. Yeah, Super Bowl's tough because it'd be fun to go and experience it, but I'm with you. I, I don't want to deal with all the people in the crowds and the and the Super Bowl parties right in your house. I mean, that, that's a good yep. time right there. So I have to drive anywhere, just, just hang out with the boys and, and watch the game. But, yeah, I'm with you. It would be a big – last football game I went to was the NFC Championship. And that since then, no interest in going Big T again. I love you, buddy. My kids didn't have dance on <laughs> Sunday. Maybe I make the trek down to Cincinnati, but – yeah, if it wasn't the Raiders, then I might really hang it on there. But, whoo, let's move on, guys. That, that, that was ugly. But Mixon, for sure, one of my favorite plays as well. Next game, not much better. So we're giving free tickets to this one too, Chop. Tennessee and the Giants. Uh, big news here, Odell Beckham. Feeling better. We'll see if he played. You know, he burned a lot of people season-long-wise last week, including myself. Big loss there. But we'll see if he comes back. But Giants played well last week. Put some points on the board. Tennessee fighting, staying alive. What do we got here DFS-wise? Tennessee and the Giants. Whew, man. Ugly, ugly. Uh, yes, sir, man. This so is an ugly main slate for sure. I mean, I'm just – the Derrick Henry thing on Thursday night when he just busted out for 238 yards and all those touchdowns, that was out of nowhere. And so, uh, man, I don't know. I think you got to – I don't think it was necessarily a fluke. I think he gets stronger as the season goes on. He's that kind of a back. So, I'd be, keep my eye on Derrick Henry. Maybe people will shy away thinking it was a flukish thing, but it wasn't. I think he, he'll get better as it goes on. But now you're on the road, and it's not quite as cupcake of a matchup because Jacksonville absolutely mailed that thing in, man. He, when he stiff-armed that 99-yarder, those guys were just – they weren't – they didn't want to tackle him. So, I'm sure Giants are a little bit more enthused. But – like he's the play, him and Corey Davis. So that's all you got on this team, and that's the only route I would ever take at this point. And you know, I'm done with the Deion Lewis thing. I know we could sit here and play him every week till the season goes. And when he when he breaks his big game, everybody will scream, "Oh, see, you should have been on him. Should have been." Well, no, we've you would have lost like seven or eight weeks in a row being on him, and then you finally get some of your money back when he goes off. But I'm not waiting for that day. I'm done with that. That ship has sailed. So two man show. I'd go a little bit of Henry, and I do like Corey Davis. On the flip side, I mean, is Sa- Saquon's the real deal, man. Derek, would you take him right now, number two overall? Yep. All right. They, oh, look, we got one. We changed <laughs> our right, mind. I love it. I, lo- I love it, man. He's, this guy's the real deal, man. I get, I get it. I, I'd rather have a quarterback, almost any neutral draft pick, but this guy, is he's really good. So, I think we fire him up and play him till the end of the year. They're getting him all the yards and carries he wants – and, and receptions he can handle right now. They they still in there. We're looking at it saying these guys have no chance of making the playoffs. But in their mind, until they're mathematically eliminated, they're going to st- still battle through this whole thing. So Saquon's going to get a ton of work. He's at home. Tennessee's a marginal defense. So I like me some Barkley. Again, I don't trust the pass catchers because Eli can't get him the ball. But uh, Barkley, you know, he's matchup proof right now for me. 
Any pause? The Titans have given up the least amount of receiving yards to running backs. You know, I don't – I'm not a big fan of those <clears throat> those kind of stats because those things are so peculiar as to who you've played That's and exactly. how much they tried to get you the ball and the game script. There's so many things that could go into those those kind of smaller stats. I'm not worried. This guy's in a different, a different category as far as – he turns a, a typical little five-yard – pass reception for most running backs and he'll turn it up into 75 yard touchdown so no I don't worry about that stuff I'm with you 100% I wanted to bring it up because people will will reference those stats but let's look at who the Titans have played Jacksonville last week they don't have many pass catchers out of the backfield Jets the week before that they don't have any running backs period Houston Indy I mean Dallas I mean there's just teams Dallas okay we'll leave them out but the last three or four (laughs) they have not played any very viable running backs out of the backfield so Sure, they've been good against it, but this guy's playing at another level. So, Derek, Saquon, yes or no? Yeah, absolutely. I think it's safe to call uh, Todd Gurley the poor man Saquon Barkley at this point. Oh, my goodness. The dude is just amazing. Uh, Do you see him, like, on the sideline talking to his uh, offensive line? Uh, He had a block, and then the very next play just takes that, uh, you know, long – Long run to the house. I mean, just watching him blow by uh, that defensive back for Washington was uh, pretty incredible. So, yeah, I'm all in on Saquon. You just play him every week. He scored at least 21 fantasy points in 12 of his 13 games so far this season. He can get it done on the ground through the air. So, yeah, I'm not worried about that stat either. And if Odell's back, I'll take some shots on him in tournaments. But uh, that's about it for New York. If Odell ends up being out, then you can maybe look at Shepard or Ingram a little bit. And then for Tennessee, yeah, watching Henry in that 99-yarder, that one hurt. <laughs> Just watching him throw down those linebackers and defensive backs. Oh, those are your boys. Yeah. <laughs> we got. It was like him just throwing down my hopes for the season. Every single one of them was just – oh, it was bad. Uh, but he still only saw 40% of the snaps, which is kind of crazy. Uh, Deion Lewis still uh, out-snapped and had 63% of the snaps. So, if you, if you want to running back in this one, I'm not going to be chasing those Henry points. And then Corey Davis, he uh, hasn't topped four targets in three of the last four weeks. So that's a little concerning. Uh, not a lot to like on Tennessee right now. I totally uh, forgot that was your team yeah. as well, man. Yeah, hey, I, I, I have a question for you guys. <laughs> yeah. Fire away. So next year, and, you know, I put myself in this category because it looks like I'm getting the number one pick in season long. Is it Saquon or is it Gurley? Because I thought this whole time it was Gurley and that I would be cool with Saquon at two. But if you're at the number one and you've got to make that decision, who are you leaning on? Oh, boy, Derek, it sounds like you're team Barkley. I mean, yeah, you want the poor man's Barkley or do you want the real thing? <laughs> uh, I'm still Gurley, man. I, I, I stayed strong with Gurley through that shitty year yeah. he had. So I, I'm just – I got to stay with my boy Gurley. But yeah, imagine, though, if the, imagine if the Giants go out and, and spend their first couple of draft picks on linemen or something like oh, that, that, though. Boy, that's my argument then. Yeah. So the, the pricing intriguing. You basically have a big three at, at running back on the main slate. You got Gurley, Barkley, and Elliott. Uh, Barkley right there with Gurley on DraftKings, $100 cheaper. If you look over on Yahoo, Barkley's the cheapest of the three. You got Gurley at 39, Zeke will get to at 35, and Barkley sitting at 33. So uh, if you're firing at that big tournament, don't mind taking many shots uh, at that $3,333 price tag on Saquon Barkley. All right, guys, moving on, wrapping up here. Part one, we got three games left on the main slate, and then we'll be back with part two. So we're running a little long here, but we will pick up the pace because there's not much here for me. Miami and Minnesota. So 
Chop, what do we got here, Dolphins and Vikings? Yes, this is a uh, this is going to be a prime time spot for my for my teams going to Minnesota here. Must win situation for them back at home, comfortable setting. I love Cousins to Thielen and Cousins to Diggs. I'll figure out a way to maneuver around those guys and split them up between my rosters. But I love the passing game here. I mean, obviously Dalvin Cook looks good, and that's my only fear is that Dalvin Cook doesn't come in and carry this big this big game and take all the touchdowns, but if they can keep a lid on Dalvin Cook, I think Cousins and his two uh, pass catchers are primed this week to have a huge game. So that's that's what I, I love those guys this week. And on the flip side, I'm not going to play any Miami people. Fantastic win, and we <laughs> – you know what I'm about to say. But we, oh, get in, yeah. we can get into old stumbling, bumbling Gronk out there trying to, <laughs> trying to play defensive back like he's uh, out on the street or something. But I don't – that was a good win for Miami. I think it was a nice emotional high, but this is a still a tough defense, and it's in Minnesota, and I think Miami really gets shut down here, so I have no interest in Miami. There is some great, great tweets and videos and things out there about crying. There was even the old 8-bit Tecmo Bowl where he's stumbling at the goal line, but nobody looked like You guys ever seen I, – I love me some Eric Crane. Did you ever see his, uh, his oh, hotline video on Vandal? That's kind of what it reminded me of, so – Whew, Gronk, that was a struggle, man. And the announcers, he did not take the proper angle. Of course he didn't. He's a damn tight end. I tell you what, it, now that you think about it, what it really reminded me of was when I tried to get up on that DJ booth at the Playboy Mansion. <laughs> that's exactly what I – that's oh, the same motion, man. like that tipping forward, and you just know it's coming and you're about to eat shit that's and you can't do too. nothing about it. Chop, I forgot it. What year was that? That's going way back. That was a few years ago. Man, that was like 20, 2013 or so. That's what you get here from the OGs. A lot of stories, a lot of experience. But, yeah, that was funny. So, Derek, what do you got here? Back to the games. I don't even remember what game we're on. Let's just talk about whatever. <laughs> Miami, Minnesota. Oh, yeah, that was a great play. And you just see Gronk out of the corner of the screen. I'm like, oh, he's not going to get in the end zone. And Gronk just couldn't get there. That was, that was amazing. Watched. I'm gonna, You Watched. can watch that play over and over and over again. Um, but yeah, Miami, full fade for me. We can save some time on this one. Uh, tough spot for them on the road against Minnesota. And I think this is the Dalvin Cook game. He's played 77 and 85% snaps the last two weeks. Uh, it seems like everyone is, you know, ragging on Minnesota coach, wanting him, them to run the ball a little bit more. Good matchup against Miami. Does not stop the run all that well. So I think it's the Dalvin Cook game. And for the receivers, they're always fine. If Zavin Howard is back this week, then I'll probably go Thielen over Diggs. But I think they're both fine in tournaments. Yeah, I'll echo the Dalvin Cook call. I like that one. Yahoo, he's, he's pretty expensive. He's in the tie. He's uh, about the fifth, sixth price running back. DraftKings, he's down there at 6,500. So don't even mind the pairing him and the Vikings defense. But passing game, I think, is in play there, mostly Minnesota for me as well. Derek, your Jags get a home tilt with Washington. You know, I thought some of those other games were bad. Have you guys seen the total on this game? And if not, let, let's just try to Ooh. guess. Try to guess what the total is on this game. Yeah, I've seen it, so yes. that's not a fair. <laughs> that's not All a right, fair. 36 is what I'm seeing here. 36 points. I mean, Army-Navy was a 39 total. That, that'll put you in perspective of where we're at here. So, Derek, this is your team. What do I mean, we got? I mean, is, is it a Leonard Fournette and Jags defense? Because I, I think that's intriguing. But outside of that, I, I don't see anything here. 
You're not excited for Josh Johnson versus Cody Kessler? Yeah, I mean, who wouldn't have, who wouldn't have thought that would be a, a Week 15 matchup? Oh, it's crazy. I mean, they signed Josh Johnson out of some rec league or some oh, crazy, yeah, some call-up or AFL or whatever the hell. They just oh, had their little draft. He was like the marquee name when I saw him. And... Pretty oh. crazy. So, yeah, fire up the Jags D, I guess, in tournaments. They're probably not my favorite because they haven't been great this season, but – I uh, got to like him in this spot. And then it's, it's Fournette here. Washington's 25th in DVOA against the run. I will say if uh, Jordan Reed ends up being out, you know, he uh, hurt his foot last week, then Vernon Davis could be pretty interesting. He's pretty cheap across the industry. All right, Chop, 36-point total. This should take you less than 36 seconds. Go. Hot take of the week. Jacksonville scores the over themselves. <laughs> <laughs> With their I'm, defense, maybe. Yeah, Washington's just flat out falling apart. Obviously, can't trust anybody from that team. And, yeah, it's four net or bust here, man. That's about all. Washington's um, – they're they're so mentally checked out right now. Fournette's going to have a field day here. All right. We just talked about Derek's team, Chop. Now let's go to your team playing extremely well as the Dallas Cowboys now hit the road and face the Indianapolis Colts, who are also coming off a big win in Houston. So I think this is one of the more intriguing games on the main slate. Wrap us up here, Dallas and Indy. Yeah, very good real-life game. Dallas wants to continue and try to get that division title locked up ASAP. And Indianapolis is fighting for the playoff life. So unlike a lot of these other games, which are total, totally terrible games, this one actually means a little something. For Dallas, uh, you know, Amari looked great. And out of six games now with Dallas, he's had two of them. So 33% of his games for the mathematicians out there where (laughs) like he's had two of them where you absolutely had to have him or you did not cash that week in tournaments. He's been that good, like 40 to 50 point game. So Amari is a, I think he's going to be a total GPP home run hitter from here on out. The problem with this week is Indianapolis does a pretty good job defending number one wide receivers, kind of keeping them in check a little bit. So I would uh, – but even as a decoy, what he does is open it up for Elliott. So, Elliott's matchup proof, obviously one of the top two guys, maybe top three guys on the day if you really want to be lenient with it. So, Elliott's always that guy. On the flip side, I'm super interested in Indianapolis here, Dallas, off of a big emotional win, traveling on the road. Like we saw in the second half of that game, as good as that defense is, it's still prone to big plays and, and when – People start picking up tempo on them. They get thrown off off kilter there, man. So I can see Andrew Luck working his magic with T.Y. and Ebron and, and making some plays and racking up yards. So I'm interested in the passing game for Indianapolis also. All right, Derek, final thoughts here. Cowboys and Colts. Yeah, I got to use my third and wrong. Here I was making fun of the Cowboys for trading for Amari Cooper for a first-rounder when we had Golden Tate and Demarius Thomas getting you know fourth and fifth rounders. But, yeah, I was wrong, man. He's been a difference maker. And yeah, he's been, he's been awesome, no no doubt about it. So uh, I think he's certainly fine in tournaments. He has that upside, like John mentioned, the GPP type of winning upside. I do you think Gallup's an interesting pivot? Uh, he's seen six, seven, and nine targets over the last three weeks. Dak just can't seem to get him the ball uh, when he's open. So maybe that changes. Uh, Zeke indoors when he's going to get 25 touches, obviously deserves consideration in all formats. And I think Dak's a sneaky tournament play. It's a game where they could be you know playing from behind a little bit. Uh, and it's indoors, which I always like. Uh, you know, offenses in Indy always seem to uh, play pretty well. 
then for the Colts, Hilton and Ebron have 25 and 24 targets over the last two weeks, uh, which is pretty crazy. This is a very concentrated offense. Uh, Luck's not afraid to air it out 50 times. So I think you can play Luck and you can pair him up with Hilton or Ebron. All right, guys, that'll wrap up the analysis here for week 15. Make sure you get over to Yahoo and play in their $100,000 tournament, $20 buy, and everybody gets 10 lineups max. So let's go over and support them, and maybe we get more tournaments like this in the future. But come on back for part two. We'll talk more games here. We'll talk afternoon games Sunday night, Monday night, and answer some user questions for Head Chopper, for Notorious. I am Beer saying salut. Best of luck. We'll see you back here in part two. We're out of here.